heads and keep your hands to yourself. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Rebuilding. This is Missy. This is Crimson. And today we are going to talk about having FOMO with Cuomo. Oh, what a mess. It's just a it's just a mess, right? But it fits perfectly with our podcast and things that we've talked about. So we did an episode on cancel culture and we talked about how things like this are gray space, right? There's no like laws that say you can't be a perv. There's well, like no- there are there are sexual harassment laws in the workplace. Yes, the, in the workplace. And and we'll get to that because I think he has what six accusations and yeah, this, three are employees, right? Of the six so far. Absolutely. He has admitted to some of the uh some of the accusations and admitted embarrassment, but no real wrongdoing. And other ones he has just flat out denied. Right. And so let's talk about the nature of the accusation. So because I think that when we look at things like this that fall into that gray space, it's more about patterns of behavior, right? Because like Everyone wants to say it's one person's opinion versus another person's opinion. I tend to lean to the accuser because why the hell would you accuse someone if it's not true? Yeah. But when it's one accusation, it's one thing. When it's six accusations, it's a pattern, right? Like Absolutely. And so with Cuomo, what we've seen over the last week is a pattern of behavior, right? And And it sounds like so, like, I know, like, one of them was... Just he had like she accused that he had no ethical boundaries, that he forcibly kissed her. He made jokes about playing strip poker. And what I pick up on on all of the accusations is kind of like he created a culture of toxicity around sexuality. He was creepy as fuck. Excuse me, ma'am. I'm too old to cut the mustard, but I can still lick the jar. Yes, that's, I mean, that's a way of summarizing it, right? Yeah, I do not know why it's, I mean, and and a lot of these accusations, like the one that came out today was from 2020. Yeah, they aren't like old. Like, why, why hasn't he learned? Cuomo's reaction to this is like, I'm sorry if I said something to offend someone. I just thought I was making funny jokes and trying to be a fun person to work with, which shows to me like a cultural, like, lack of understanding mm-hmm. from him right like yeah he didn't he didn't get why a woman would be offended at the proposition of strip poker especially a woman that you have power over due to employment yes and a lot of these women because a lot of what people and we'll get into the reactions to it but People are like, well, use your voice if you're a woman. A lot of them were like, you're a fucking perv. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I heard one of them said, he said something about, oh, I'm just so lonely. I just don't have the company of a woman. (laughs) And they were like, you have three daughters that are up in your business all the time. And he was like, yeah, but you know what I mean by lonely. And so, like, a lot of these women did push back against him. Mm -hmm. And but it, the the behavior didn't stop. Like he continued no. being him. Yeah, he's out there. He's fishing for pussy. You know, he, he's yes. like he's throwing his bait. He's seeing if anyone picks it up. But he does it in the creepiest ways, and he does it to people that he has power over. Right, and that it's he not works consensual. With. Like you can never have a consensual relationship with someone that you manage or or have power over. No, and if you were to find yourself in a situation where you fell in love with a coworker, someone needs to step down right like yeah or you go to hr and fill out a paper 
Right. Exactly. Like there's a process for that, believe it or not. And so like, so before we did this episode, I did a bunch of research on Cuomo himself. Um, and it kind of fits his personality. Like none of these accusations stray from the caricature of Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. I mean, he is a, he's a New York guy. His dad was governor. He was raised in privilege. Uh, he's he's been immersed in power his entire life. Yeah, you I know? mean his brother runs a CNN show. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean they're all like it's a, like a family of power, right? To your mm-hmm. point, it's not just like oh you grew up wealthy and your dad was governor. It's like you grew up wealthy, your whole family successful, your brother's a bigwig in the media. You're the governor of New York before that you were attorney general. Like I mean they've been. I mean I think his dad was governor when i was born like they have literally been like a powerhouse family my entire life like andrew yes. cuomo didn't come out of left field he's not a novice let's just say that like uh, oh absolutely yeah he, he's a pro you know we talk about the pattern of uh the sexual harassment uh allegations against him and it's not the first pattern that we've seen you know you're going to go into a little bit more other bad behavior that we've seen over the years with him uh mainly revolving around financial dealings Right. Like he kind of embodies, I mean, he's kind of like a democratic Trump. And I don't say that like saying he raped women or grabbed them by the pussy, all of that. I just mean like on the scale of like what is tolerable from Democrats and what is tolerable for Republicans. He's like at the high end of what we can tolerate or so I thought. Yeah. All the, uh, all, all the, well, we didn't even got talked about the COVID accusations either. He violated the number one rule of the land, which is you don't fuck with data. Just remember the most important rule. No free napkins? No! The other most important rule! Yes, he did violate that rule. So let's, let's talk a little bit about... I think the defense of Cuomo is what I find most interesting in this all. And I want to talk a little bit about that, and then we'll go into, like his rap sheet because it's it's quite long but i heard about the accusations and honestly like again it fit the caricature of andrew cuomo and so what i was shocked by was how many people in a very specific demographic meaning like 60 plus white women just like flock to his defense i mean i saw a comment about how if a woman doesn't want to be touched on her lower back she should wear a sweater look a man can make an honest mistake anyway she was asking for it they're all asking for it all the time i saw i saw a commentary around how you know this is a gray area and and this was among liberals this is not like outside of the party this is like within our own um, how like we should, you know, the Me Too movement's gone too far and how do we reel it in? And maybe the solution is that anytime different gender cis straight people that are of different genders meet, there should be like another person there. Oh God, the monitor. Mike Pence rule. And these were Democrats like kind of making like the same concepts. Like, and I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I felt like, the like blink uh <clears throat> gif like what like <clears throat> how could people of our own party yeah be there and like it goes back to if 
if men feel so persecuted by the Me Too movement and the Me Too movement has gone too far that we're eating our own, like, let's say that assumption is true, right? Then wouldn't you, if you were the most powerful man in New York, maybe not touch women, maybe not invite them to play strip poker, maybe not talk about being lonely, like, like you can't say you're persecuted and then behave in a way that shows white entitled privilege. But yeah, you can't, you can't say you're persecuted as a white man by the Me Too movement and that you're a victim of it. But then be like, I thought it was a funny joke to invite her over oh. for strip poker. Like those things yeah, don't fucking match. Rush. Yeah, and yes. I, I hate all the arguments that the Me Too movement that the Me Too movement has gone too far because this is what it was set up to do. The Me Too exactly. movement is not just about rape; it's about harassment, it's about assault, uh, it's about rape, it's about all of it. It's about making women. Uh, it's about taking away their power and yeah. and privilege. And this is it. Like over 90% of women have been assaulted or harassed. And it's, and every guy is like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Let's play Not All Men. Bingo. Right. <laughs> well, it has to be one of you. Like, yeah. I hate to say it. It has to be. And and I think when, when Cuomo now, I don't know his reaction to the last few, you know, accusations, because I haven't been tracking it that much. I've been more, like I said, interested in like Democrats reaction and like their like devotion to this man because he's not like it's Andrew Cuomo again like I just okay for example like Elliot Spitzer I know this is weird but like for me he was a brilliant genius that was going to be a president like genuinely like I was following his career when he became governor I was really excited for him and it's purely an intellect thing. Like he was just one of those people like in Elizabeth Warren, right? Like there are great politicians. There's great people that do great things for the community. And then there's just people that you see and you're like, holy shit, that person's brain operates at like mad capacity and they are fucking brilliant. So if they have a solution to the problem, it's probably the right one because they're fucking brilliant. And Elliot Spitzer was that to me. And so when the prostitution scandal hit. I mean, as someone that's for the legalization of prostitution, I honestly yeah. didn't Sex think... work is work. Uh, yeah, and I felt kind of bad for Elliot Spitzer. So I was like the person defending Elliot then. <clears throat> but my argument at the time was that I don't like... I think it just proved why prostitution should be legal, which is like you can't control someone's desires... And what they want to do with their body. And if they are paying someone and it is a consensual agreement, like I have a really hard time. Like if you hire a prostitute, that's between you and your wife or husband, right? Like that is a marriage thing. Like your needs were not being met for some reason you did this. And I understand that since he was governor, he had to be removed because he broke the law. And I agree with the rule of law. But yeah. I was really sad because I thought like, well, we just knocked someone off our bench. That was brilliant. But he wasn't brilliant enough to not keep his dick in his pants or to reconcile his marital issues. You know, like he did that. That's what he did wrong. And so in New York culture, they've had this problem of governors because the last governor was Elliot Spitzer, right? Yeah. And well, I believe, wait, was there someone else in between them? <laughs> there might've been someone in between. 
There's always someone, someone in between Elliot and someone else. <laughs> but I think, I think Cuomo was Spitzer's AG. Yes, like, yes that they is were true. all like yeah. interconnected. And... and how can you go through that with him and not learn from it? <laughs> right. And I could see someone saying, okay, well, hiring a prostitute and cheating on your wife is different than making inappropriate statements or touching someone inappropriately. But at the same time, why wouldn't you be super careful? Well, I would say it's better. Like I would much rather have a politician have a consensual relationship yes. with a sex worker rather than harass women that, that work for him and that are at times that they feel powerless to say anything. Exactly. Like, it makes sense that all these accusations are coming out after, after the COVID bomb dropped that they were, you right. know, misusing data on nursing homes because it's a lot easier to be believed when like, you know, that the frac like that the perfect picture of this man has been fractured. Right. Right. Well, and, and that, that brings me to, I'm going to pull out the list of like the Cuomo list. And mm. I got to be honest, it was quite shocking, but I don't know why he ever had the image of being like straight laced. Right. Because yeah. He has a long rap sheet, and I didn't realize how long it was until I actually, like, dug into it. So I'll give a quick summary because it's not worth getting into each one of them. But in 2008, he was um, highlighted for some commentary around Obama that was seen as racist. In 2009, he was accused of fraud, and there was not enough evidence to prosecute him. Um, when he became governor, he signed Spitzer's law that Spitzer had put out that if you appoint someone, you can't appoint someone that had donated to you. And then it came out that like he had like six hundred thousand plus dollars worth of donations from appointees, but like one point two million dollars of donations from their wives, which is even more sketchy because yeah. it's like <laughs> you made a law saying that you would not allow this behavior. Then you allowed the behavior and then you went around the law and got more money by going around the law and having their wives do the dirty work. Like that's not cool. Um, so then he just undid the law. So that way he wouldn't get in trouble for it. And then after hurricane Sandy, Elliot Spitzer came after him because he had spent 40 million of the 140 million recovery dollars from the federal government on bringing new businesses and encouraging business growth, basically giving money to rich people. Um, when people were struggling, like real families were struggling to rebuild their homes in their entire existence. Um, then he, in 2014, he was governor and he formed this independent democratic council or something. And I don't know all the details, but basically New York lost the Senate, um, the state Senate for a couple years as a result of the divisions that he caused from that forming that group. Then in 2014, he created a commission to seek out corruption. And then they found some corruption with him. So he shut down the commission before he could be charged with anything. And then in 2016, his right-hand man was indicted for bribery. And then we get to COVID days, right? And yeah. then the nursing home scandal broke. And that was like all pre the sex allegation. So to your point, I think yeah. the nursing home scandal 
did like open him up to legitimate criticism and give these women an outlet to like feel more comfortable coming out. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it, there, there was more media around that scandal than all of his other ones combined. Uh, totally. It, it definitely did not help him that he wrote a book in November, like claiming victory over COVID. Yes. And then this shit hits in January. Yes. And I didn't realize nine people resigned because they were so mad at him from the health department in New York yeah. because of lying about the nursing home. Well, then he proclaimed yes. that he doesn't trust healthcare officials. Yes. After they were the ones that guided him out yeah. of the COVID crisis. Who takes a victory lap halfway through the race? Donald Trump, which is again, oh. like why, like, as I started reading this, like, he just always seems to, like, skim by. You know what I mean? Like, he just seems like one of those people that always seems to, like, just get by by the hair. Once you get to the point where Cuomo is and you have a rap sheet like this, I mean, it's not good. It's really, no. really not good. <laughs> it's really, like, I want to say it's surprising, but it's not. It's just uh, no. typical white privilege that he can skate by by the seat of his pants over and over again and just keep going on like nothing happened. Yeah. And so that's why it brings me back to the fascination behind people defending him and why, I mean, we went back and forth, like, do we want to talk national politics? Why does Cuomo have anything to do with Kentucky? Is it within our brand to have this podcast? And the reason I want to talk about it is because I think the reaction from Democrats is the most fascinating part. Now, I will say yes. Schumer and um, another Democratic senator has asked for a full investigation of the allegations. So the party has not necessarily fallen in line and defended him. And yeah. you know, they're and state legislators get... in New York are calling for him to resign. Democrats are not on his side in his state. Like they're pissed about this. Correct. But yeah. it seems like Democrats like here in Kentucky are like, mm. but Cuomo, like, you know, wear a sweater, like toughen up, use your voice, like mm -hmm. fight against it. Like he didn't do anything. It's wrong. a right wing conspiracy. <laughs> Trump is paying these women. Trump's trying to get him kicked out of office that way they get a republican and they still have to win an election to do that right and so yeah. i started digging into the data because that's who i am right so pre the nursing home scandal he had about a 51 percent approval rating post the nursing home scandal he has about a 51 percent approval rating it doesn't seem to have affected his his approval rating but what i found most interesting is pre the nursing home scandal he had a 36% disapproval rating and post the nursing home scandal, he has a 47% disapproval rating. Oh, okay. So the neutral people are moving. Yeah. So the neutral people are moving. And so anyone that wants to say like, this is a conspiracy to give Republicans a seat. I would actually say that if Cuomo doesn't resign, the Democrats are shooting themselves in the foot because yeah, he won't win re-election. I don't think he can win re-election. And I mean, I'm saying that just based on data, not yeah. like any of the subjective shit of like the accusations and the like, what is it they say in Hamilton? You don't have the votes. Yeah, <laughs> He just doesn't have the fucking votes. Like he's done some good things and that's what has enabled him to be a three-term governor. But I think he's out of goodwill. And I think that the data yes. supports me on that He is one. goodwill hunting right now. Yes, <laughs> he is goodwill hunting. Oh, so like- from a political standpoint, we're better off without him than with him at this point. We are so much better off without him. And the thing that I don't understand with Democrats is the goddamn long game. 
You know, yes. why aren't we learning from this? Because right now there is some 22 year old Democrat that's going to be a Senator in 15 years and they're basing their behavior right now off of our reaction to this. Yep. So in 15 years, when they get called out for some bullshit, it's like, why didn't, why didn't we react differently and teach that person better? You know, we're just, we're destroying our future superstars. We need to set strong standards. Yes. And, and, and a lot of people will say, and I, and I do think there is a generational thing and I, I'm not stereotyping. I don't think all 60 plus white women are defending Cuomo. It's a handful. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to make that generalization because I know lots of 60 plus women that are like, just fucking quit, dude. Yeah. yeah, There's so many progressive older women, but, but I think that in this case, you are right. Um, Just because the, I, I do see, I, Typically, people that have gone through the system and had to deal with the harassment and they've been able to get through it by pulling their bootstraps up, I think they're a little bit more reluctant to jump on someone else's side and and empathize with them sometimes. And- I, I think you nailed it because my mom and I fight about this a lot. And my mom's super progressive. I mean, like when people say, if you say someone's not racist, then they are. Like, oh, my mom, white people are racist. White people are all racist. Yes. I mean, we all have a degree, but like, yeah, my mom has been a progressive warrior her whole life, but she was one of the first female executives at um, L'Oreal. But my mom, she says this a lot, like your generation of women, like are so sensitive. Like I put up with so much bullshit to climb that ladder. Like, an ass grab here and there that ain't shit i got it done right like i still climb water and yeah and i do think that that kind of like your point of like women surviving it and like mm-hmm. getting through it and not having like the terminology and the the mechanisms we have to like express sexual harassment and that kind of behavior in the workforce makes them kind of be like just toughen up like toughen up buttercup like i oh, i, I went hate through that. it yes and 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 I can't like fault them for that because I can empathize with why they feel that way. But I think what what we would say is, no, we're here to change it. Yeah. And you don't have to. You shouldn't have to toughen up to get through your job. Also, all the women where things are taken beyond a butt grab and it becomes threatening and it affects their work. You know, we're holding back women advancing in their careers because of harassment. Uh, Women that said no and didn't feel comfortable, uh, you know, possibly they weren't advanced uh, along their career path and they were held back and lost income from it. There are yep. women that were fired. There are women that were passed over for promotions because they didn't enjoy the ass play from their, their bosses. It's just it, so interesting that the women saying we should just put up with it are the women that raise the people that are trying to not just put up with it. It, it goes back to that bullshit fight or flight, which is not accurate. It's fight, flight, or befriend. And when right. we're taught from the beginning, uh, when you're in a dangerous situation, you be as nice as you can to that person to get out of it. Exactly. You you deal with what you can in order to avoid the, the worst of the consequences. And right. it's complete bullshit. And it leads to things like uh, like what you said earlier, where, where you know, are we going to, does a third person have to always be in a meeting where there's a man and a woman? Well, no, if you don't trust the man, he shouldn't be in that position of power. No. You know, I'm a goddamn lesbian. I like women. I'm not out there fucking slapping asses at my job. No. And if you were, you'd be held accountable, I would Fuck hope. yeah, I would. So in graduate school, I was the only woman. And then I went into technology and I was one of the only women in many meetings, many, many, many meetings. I was 
the only woman. And I can't imagine if I needed a babysitter in all of them, like, because it's so disrespectful to men too, to assume that. Right. Like, and by insinuating that somebody needs to babysit a man and a woman having a meeting is insinuating that all men are creeps. I mean, my husband, one of his closest allies at work, like is one of his best friends. It's a woman. And just because she has a vagina, does not mean like I am worried about him like ass grabbing her like that's not who he is and it's like insulting to assume that of them I have worked with so many amazing men that elevated me that made me stronger that pushed me to use my voice that did all the right things and so it's so insulting to white men, you know, that's a great point that you bring up about, about great bosses and how they can help you and how they can push you forward. And it's, and it's so important, you know, that one-on-one relationship with your boss can make or break your career. It it really does. They always say you don't quit a job, you quit your manager. Yeah, absolutely. So if men are allowed to have one-on-one time with, with their bosses, but women aren't like, how are we going to stop that wage gap? You know, how are we going to fix it? How are we going to move more women up to CEO and, in, in presidential positions, you know, how that, are we going right. to even the odds if they're not given the same opportunities? That's another thing that I think are lost on people when they say things like, well, maybe we should have an overseeing body or something like not all men are like this. And the ones that are, you should want to get them out. It's, yes. it's very similar to what I say about policing where they're like, not all cops are bad, but, uh, but the good cops protect the bad cops, right? Push them the fuck out, get rid of the bad apples, preserve the bunch. Right. Exactly. And I think men are starting to do that. Yeah, I, well, I, I hope so. I think the Me Too movement is definitely a wake-up call. Um, and we need to stop comparing ourselves to Republicans. You know, just because right. they allow pussy grabbers and presidents that admit sexual assault, you know, to lead their ranks doesn't mean that we have to compare, you know, oh, well, all he did was harass six women. <laughs> you know, he didn't rape anyone. When you well, put it that God way. <laughs> yeah, he still needs to fucking lose his job, you know, like. And people say you're trying to, you know, ruin his life. They said the same thing about Brett Kavanaugh. No yep. one's trying to ruin anyone's life. There are no criminal charges. Uh, this is a job. We're saying that he should not have this job. With Brett Kavanaugh, we were saying he shouldn't get a promotion. Right. You know, nobody's going to jail over this. Now, Como Cuomo might go to jail over the COVID stuff. You know, I'm right. interested to see what comes out on that. Uh, well, and I've heard that there might be many more scandals with what he did with COVID relief money. Yes, because like, once the dam breaks, man, it all comes out. Like it's going to be an interesting six months for him, and they yeah. got to get him out now because if they force him out at the end, you know, Democrats are less likely to win in the next election, even if someone else is running. Right, and and to me, him not resigning almost like proves out the theory that he's a douche because he doesn't need the job. He's had three terms. Yeah, it's he doesn't all ego need the money. Him. It's all ego. Yeah. And the, he the fact has that he offered- kept doing the, the financial scandals over and over again. Yes. It's just, yeah. It, and he has never the opportunity to elevate a woman. Yeah. Like he could do that right now. And then his legacy is. Why does he want to elevate a woman? He just wants to get horizontal with them. Exactly. Oh. No, like when that one story when the girl's like, you have three daughters that love you. And he's like, that's not the kind of attention yeah. I want. Like, Oh my God. If he's fishing this much, it's work sometimes. There are probably Mm -hmm. women out there that have felt pressure to do sexual things with him. Right. Right. And, and there, and there has to be more because like Mm -hmm. what I pick up on again, you know, like 
as a social scientist, it's like, it's the patterns. It's really hard when one accusation comes out one time, one thing, that's very different to me than when the dam breaks, right? And Cuomo, the dam broke. And and what I see just based off of the allegations is he creates a culture of corruption in Mm -hmm. many ways, right? Like it's not just the sexual harassment. There's a lot around financial dealings. There's a lot around the people he hires. There's a lot around the people he surrounds himself with. And there is, there does seem to be like a culture that he embodies and that he enables within his team and within the offices that he holds. Well, I'm really excited to see uh, what happens. I'm interested to see how Democrats react to this. Uh, We totally dropped the ball in the 90s with Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. Uh, We let him get away with so much bullshit and we fucking ruined that that, that girl's life. Like when when the Monica Lewinsky situation hit, it was disgusting what the press did to her. And it was disgusting what we allowed because we wanted to protect our golden boy. Well, and I'll call out um, the Embedded podcast um, is a great one. They do a whole... So I'll, I'll be transparent. I fucking love Bill Clinton. I know he's a perv. I fucking love that perv. And I know it's a problem and I shouldn't say that, but I'm just being honest. But I listened to the Embedded um, podcast. I forget which season it is, but they like dig into the Clinton scandal. And there was so much that I didn't know about how Monica was set up by someone Mm -hmm. and being recorded and all the horrible things that happened to her as a result. And like, there's just a lot that I didn't know that came through on that podcast. And all the other allegations and how detailed they were. And there was a pattern with him and we weren't really aware of it at the time. Granted, this was pre-internet. You know, the media was different back then. We only had one 24-hour news station. Um, yeah. But I mean, Gloria fucking Allred like represented him, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, how, how quickly things change. Right. Yeah. But like, and I, and I, I think you're right. Like had we dealt with it at that time, culturally we would have advanced much quicker. Right. Yeah. But like Clinton got away with so much. And, and even just, now we can't deal with it. Like he's still a speaker at all the DNC events. Right. Well, because people like me fucking love him, Missy. Yeah. That's I mean, going to be a hard thing. Like, so, so I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I have been obsessed with Joss Whedon uh, basically since like my teenage years. You know, he had the first romantic lesbian kiss on primetime TV. Uh, he's created so many, uh, I want to, I, I will say they, they're like feminist pieces of work. You know, he identifies himself as a feminist and there has been some gross and abusive behavior that has come out for him. And it is hard to like realize that your, your heroes are not that great. And it's something that we all have to, it's something that we're all going through with someone, you know, and we're managing how to, how to deal with that. No, it's true. Like, so do you remember that show on MTV? What was it called? Um, Like, oh God, I wish I could remember. They would like profile like scandalous stories, like infamous or something. Mm. I forget what it was, but I was watching it. I'm in college. I live in Covington. It's gentrified. Well, this, well, this was like my college days. And so it was like, probably it wasn't long after Clinton was in office. So it was like 2002, probably. And so I'm watching this show and my mom knew I was obsessed with Bill Clinton and my mom wasn't the type to like filter media. Like, I mean, my first concert was Ozzy Osbourne in fourth grade. So like, if that gives you a scale of like where she was on what kind of content I was exposed to, she did not give a fuck. 
But I am like 19 years old. I'm watching the show with my roommate in college and they told the cigar story about Monica and Bill mm. and the cigar. And I had never heard it. And Missy, I had like a full emotional breakdown. I called my mom on a landline probably like, oh my God, he's Rotary a perp. <laughs> And I had to like a reckoning in that moment of like, and that was even before me too. And before I had like the language and the ability to understand the power dynamics or any yeah. of that. And it like, and it, it was really hard. And, and I think we, we talked about this when we talked about cancel culture with Bill Clinton, it is so hard for me because I'm like, you did great things, but you're a fucking perv. And yeah. I th- and and it and it's part of that conversation of how do you reconcile it because with Bill Clinton specifically he's never apologized for it Mm-mm. he's never taken accountability or responsibility for it and I still glorify the man and so I know I'm part of the problem by doing that yeah I mean I think that we we have to reckon with the fact that sometimes you know we're gonna love these people because they've had such an impact on our life right I will, I will keep referring to Josh you will keep referring to Bill <laughs> uh, but also like. I, I might, I might sneak and watch Joss's future stuff, you know, like it's, he's an, he's an artist that I've appreciated in the past that I might like his work, but I'm not about to go on Facebook and like publicly support the guy. Right. I think that's I'm where the gonna, line is drawn. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to praise him. I'm not going to back him up. If people don't want to hire him in the future because of the accusations of gross and abusive yes. behavior, that's fine. Like he needs to face consequences. Right. No, I think that's how I've reconciled my relationship with Bill too. I act like we have a relationship. (laughs) Me and Bill are like, cool. But I mean, I think that's like, I'm like, well, he tapped out at president. I don't think he's going anywhere from there. So he can't be a predator anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, you know, to recognize this behavior is gross and and we can deal with it internally, however we want. Uh, But you know, the, the public support at some point, it just looks disgusting. It does. It does not. And it's not going to age well on people. Mm. Like it's really not like, again, we don't know what else is going to come out on Cuomo. And I hope it doesn't get to the level of like rape and like even more scarring things, but like people have to look at the pattern of behavior Mm -hmm. and have to think about like, do, is this who we are? And I've said it a million times there are 50 governors, there are 330 million Americans. You cannot convince me that Andrew Cuomo is the best in New York. There has to be someone that can do the job of governor just as well, if not better, without the culture of sexual harassment being normalized in his office. There has to be someone better. There has to be. And so- and even if you love Cuomo, just shut the fuck up because defending him is just normalizing this behavior. And exactly. in 20 years, it's definitely not going to be cool. So mm-hmm. why are we setting up younger people now? Right. And why aren't we, instead of like saying, well, this is a problem with all men, like, let's focus on the problem, right? Like, it is a problem as- with all men. I mean, I would say at some point in a man's life, he exhibits some sort of fucked up behavior, whether it be slapping an ass in a bar or something like that. Yeah, we, we do, but I don't think that we're as empowered to think that it's fine to get away with it. Yeah. Even, I mean, it could be something minor. I'm not saying like every man rapes or anything like that, you know, but, but they might inappropriately hit on someone that they're, uh, that they're a, a manager of. You know, it's just like the small things that we have to get through over and over again. 
Yeah. And I, and, and I think there's also to your point, if you aren't the dude that does it, you have to be the dude that stands up against it. Yes, right. Absolutely. Like there's no middle ground here. Like, like I know my husband's been in lots of situations with like perverted dudes and he's like, your husband's amazing. It, yeah, he is. But there are times when I'm like, well, why didn't you fucking call him out for that shit? You know what I mean? And he did it. And that I think is his own personal growth of like, he has to be the person that calls it out. He has to be the person that yeah. like sees it and is not cool with it. But I mean, even he will say like, you can see the change among a lot of his cohorts behaviors. Like 10 years ago that he worked with this dude that was a total perv cheating on his wife and would like brag about it. And all the dudes at the table would just kind of sit there like, Oh, this is kind of creepy and weird. Right. And now he knows that that was inappropriate. Like 10 years ago, he should have been like, I don't want to hear about you cheating on your wife and objectifying women like yeah off the table of discussion it's easy to have sex it's it's hard to have standards and you know be loyal to someone like that's the hard part yeah no and and i think that that's where like men have to grow but i think that this is just it's usually like you know al franken's probably the grayest of all of the me too quote unquote victims. I mean, the victims are the women, but the people mm-hmm. that have been accused in this situation, um, I would say Al Franken's probably the most gray of like, was it wrong or was it not wrong? But at the end of the day, like taking accountability is the path forward regardless, yeah. you know, and Cuomo came out and said, like, I'm sorry if I made people feel uncomfortable. I thought it was funny. That's in a way admitting it, but he didn't take responsibility for it. None at all. And, and yeah. If he wanted to come out and say, my behaviors were inappropriate. I now understand that I made people feel uncomfortable. I am going to do this training and hire this consultant to come in and clean out the toxic culture that I've created and I'm going, I don't like name a litany of things, right? Like if he had done that, I probably would feel differently because I do think this is a gray area of there's nothing legally that we can do. Nobody's pressed charges on him. There's no like formal like process right now other than Democrats want to investigate. But it's still sexual harassment in the workplace. Right. And I think that's what the investigation will prove, yeah. if, you know, and I think it's going to prove that it's true because the accusation seems. And, and that was legit. my issue with with uh, Al Franken. Um, you know, I, I believe that what he did was wrong. I, I for me, the gray area is was it wrong enough for him to for him to have right. to lose a seat? Right. Um, but it also came at a time where Democrats were going after Republicans for gross behavior. So. Right. And again, I don't want to discount that he may have just been like, you know what? I'm going to take accountability because accountability is what heals and moves us forward. Yeah. And I mean, he did fight accountability, though, for a minute. Like it, yeah. it took a lot of people standing up calling for him to resign. But he also got more accusations as time passed. And I think that's yeah. what changed the game for him. Because mm-hmm. I think when it, again, it's the pattern that people are looking for. And when it was just one of that comedian that was on Sean Hannity, it was easy to be like, well, that's a political hit job. But yeah. I think once it became, you've made lots of women uncomfortable in your life, which I mean, as a comedian, that's common, right? Like comedians make me uncomfortable all the fucking time. Yeah. But I think he did 
Maybe he was just pushed out by the Democrats. Although I will say as a, you know, I've made a, I've made some money off of, of comedy. Um, I do I do risky jokes. I wrote the local Cards Against Humanity sets and paid my bills off of it for two years. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. Oh my God, it was it was fantastic. But like, you have to think ahead. Like, how is this joke going to age in 10 years? Every yeah. single fucking joke I put out, I had to think about. I ran past someone else. Right. And there are still jokes that don't age well. You know, I used the term hookers. Like, I shouldn't have fucking said that. That's disrespectful. And I know that now. But like, especially like the race jokes, uh, the, the sexuality jokes, the gender jokes. I had to run that shit past my, my wokest of woke friends. The people right. that I think are so far goddamn left that sometimes I question it their hurts. judgment. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wherever you are in, in your alien universe, that's where the world's going to be in 20 years. And I want to <laughs> run this past you. That's a great way to think of it. Cause sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, I'm surrounded by people that are like so progressive. It hurts right now. And I don't like dislike it. I mean, I think it pushes me to be a better person, but that's a great way of thinking of it in my head of like, okay, this is where we'll be in 20 years from now. Learn yeah. from this. Like, like embrace it because we will catch up to these these people are just like the the woken of the yeah the wokest of the woke right and, and they, they're so woke sometimes it's goddamn annoying but it's oh like, my god it's fuck, like that's where we're heading yeah it's like guys like it's so like it's so like it, the your utopia is becoming less of a utopia because everything that comes out of my mouth is offensive. Yeah. Um, you know, like there is like this weird balance that we need to find, but that I love that idea of like next time I'm in such a progressive environment, it almost physically hurts. I'm gonna think, get used to it because or should I say toughen up, buttercup? This is where we're <laughs> heading, right? Um, because you're right. That I mean, history is not going to reflect well on the people that don't take this stand of like progress in this moment. Yeah. And that's why I hope Cuomo steps down. I, I think he's too much of an egotistical driven person to do it. Um, so I don't foresee that being the case. Yeah, I, I hope he gets pressure. I mean, honestly, as a governor, there's not really an apparatus to like put that pressure on him. Like there is in the Senate and in Congress, you know what I mean? Like there's not like a governor leadership thing that's going to like put pressure on him to do it. Um, but I really hope that he does it because one, I'm a political nerd and I want that fucking seat. I don't want there to be a Republican governor mm -hmm. of New York. And so, I'm going to hope that he does it because I, statistically, I don't see a path for him. I think we have better odds of running a Democrat that doesn't have his baggage um, and only him stepping away gives us that ability. Otherwise, you have the primary and there's it just like and he'll probably win more. the primary. He, he dominates the primaries. Yeah. Well, I don't his unpopularity is going up so quickly. I don't know. And again, we're just at the beginning with Cuomo. Yeah. Mark my word. Like, it's just. Well, the I'm damn gates my open for that New York AG. And I hope she just fucking nails his balls to the wall. She doesn't seem like she puts up with a lot of shit. I'm hoping mm -hmm. that she goes after it with this. Yeah. And, and, and she kind of has to, cause to your point, especially from a woman's perspective, like if we don't learn how to deal with this now, we aren't setting people up for success in the future. Yeah. Like we have to kind of build the guardrails so people know what they're working with. And, and I in and, and Cuomo, I don't think he gives a fuck about the guardrails. I think he thinks what he did was fine. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. think he thinks it was wrong. And we shouldn't have to get to a, a Matt Lauer secret button in the door situation before we act. 
No. If you're inappropriate in the workplace, it's wrong. We're going to shut it down. If you have a history of it, you should lose your job or your privilege of your position, whatever you have. Yep. I, I totally saying agree. You could never have a job again, uh, but maybe you shouldn't be able to manage people or have power right. over others. Being a public servant holds you to a higher standard. I don't give a shit what mm-hmm. anyone says. It should. Yeah. If it doesn't, it should. He is the governor. I want my son to look up to governors and look at what we have here. In- I was just going to say, can we just pause and, and show grace and thanks that we have Andy Bashir? Yeah, it's like Andy Bashir embodies what I want my son to like. He's a child see of as God. a man. He is a child of God and he looks oh. at me like a child of God. No matter how many profanities I say, he still respects me and treats me as a dignified woman. Like, that's what I want to model for I mean, my he's son. He's nice to me, and I made like cum jokes in front of him. In high school, Jeff Hoover's nickname was the Hoover Dam. <laughs> Not because of anything impressive in size, but because of how impossible it was to get wet around him. <laughs> well, you know what they say? Why go to dam when all you need is a dike? <laughs> oh my God, that was so. Like, I don't, I, did I know you then? Like, I didn't I think we loosely, well, I shouldn't like, say, I think we, <laughs> we, we definitely knew of each other. I knew you know? who you were, but yeah. I don't think we were like friends, but I just remember like, you, let me, you know, I dropped that whap joke and yeah, it, it, oh and he was God. still kind to me and that's not his thing. And I will never make a dirty joke in front of him again because he has saved my life over the last year with COVID. Yeah. No, I mean, he. He's exactly the type of man that needs to be elevated and mm-hmm. exactly the type of man you're insulting when you say you need a babysitter in the room when there's a mm-hmm. male and a woman in a room. Andy Bashir can be in a room with a woman and not a woman make them could walk feel... into the room naked with Andy Bashir and he would be completely goddamn professional. Yes, he would look her in the eye and speak to her with dignity. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that need to be elevated to power, not the people who are like... <laughs> I just asked her to play strip poker. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, what's wrong with that? Have you not been watching the news for the last 15 fucking years? Like, everything's wrong with that. Like, and again, it's just the the hypocrisy of like men are persecuted in the meantime. Oh my God. Yeah. And then like it's accountability just like cancel culture me too is accountability it's just accountability that's all we're asking for and so i hope cuomo comes to his senses or one of his three lovely daughters say hey dad it's time to take a step back like you're kind of a perv and yeah you haven't raped anyone yet but like that we know of right i mean i don't know i can't even say that with confidence because he hasn't really taken accountability again a lot of you know we've been talking about how do you find like the right way to deal with this? It's about taking responsibility and holding yourself accountable and learning and growing from it. And I don't know if that's the ultimate solution, but I know that that is at least the first step. Yep. But I think we we've solved it. Like we are miracle solvers in this situation. (laughs) The solution to this problem is that he missed the opportunity to be like, Oh, I was insensitive. I did some things wrong. I'm going to fix it by a, B and C. I would have said he never had an opportunity. I I mean, I would have given him a little bit of an opportunity to be like, these are the things I'm going to do to try to remedy my pervertedness. But just coming out and being like, I thought they were funny jokes. (laughs) Like you're out. 
Like you need to resign. Bad comedy is never an excuse. No, I hate that excuse from white comedians. Oh, it's PC culture. No, you're a goddamn fucking lazy. Do some fucking research. Right. And your jokes take time. You got to craft them. And he said six accusations for a weekend. Six. There's only more to come. So stop defending him, guys. Like, let's try to get rid of him. And if you love him, do what I do with Bill Clinton. Be grateful for the time we had with him and say farewell and move on. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. And we want to hear your opinions. Like if you want to tell us that women should be wearing sweaters when they meet with Andrew Cuomo, post it. Like we're, we're, we're willing to have the conversation. That's what we're here for is the uncomfortable shit that we need to work through as people and as a party. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That's all right. uh, This is the entire point of it. Uncomfortable conversations. Yes. And Missy and I love those. And so, uh, yes, you you love them way more than me, um, but I think they're necessary. We can't move forward if we don't be honest. We have mm-hmm. to be honest. We have to be honest about what happened. And uh, so, yeah, so let's hope Cuomo resigns. We can retain the seat because I'm political junkie and that's what I want. Uh, but in the meantime, I hope everyone takes this time to be reflective of what the problem is and how do we remedy, remedy it and how do we move forward? Absolutely. And in the meantime, can someone please send him a genderless potato head so he can uh, have something <laughs> to focus on other than his employees? Yes. Yes. Or just a potato. Either way, it's butt sex. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, you guys have a good night. Right. See you later. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Shake that booty. If you want to chop that booty, it's your time. If you will learn to touch your booty, but we will respect your boys. Chop that booty. If you feel it, chop it low. If you insist, we gon' treat that booty right. Because we allies in this bitch. I'm on a mission for the S, but first I need a mission.